0: We're at a juncture. We're at a junction point in our lives as individuals and as a church. And as fast as I say that, quickly I I hear that verse, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Will you serve the gods of your father on the other side of the river, or will you serve our father? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Not When he says the Lord, when Joshua says the Lord, what's he referring to? To be Lord of something means to have complete authority over that thing. For us to say, I will serve the Lord, I will serve the one who has complete authority over me. I will sacrifice all my personal agenda, all my personal authority to whatever it is that he has for me. Before church this morning, I'm going to trip on that, so I, I wrote down these words, I am not my own yeah, It's a reminder to me, but now I want to share it with you. I am not my own. You are not your own. When you got to that place in your life that says, "I believe that he died for me," I believe that that death on that cross was for all my sins. And I believe that he rose again, so that I could have a resurrected life. What does a resurrected life look like? It's a new life. It's a life of freedom. It's a life that demonstrates faith, hope, and love. That, that that verse has been ringing over in my head all week long. Faith, hope, and love. And the greater of these being love. We need greater faith. We heard that in the Word this morning. Before Norm came up, and during time of worship, the Lord was... Impressing upon me that I wanted to share this, and that is in your thoughts, what comes first? Does God come first in your thoughts? This is the battle that lies before us, is that primarily. God wants to have that that first place, that number one place. We've got so much that goes on. This is our problem as a country. We turn to God when things are bad. But we don't turn to Him when things are okay. We play. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Let me try to get to this message. This um, last week we talked about declaring our independence over those things that have held you bond, bound. And those, those chains that bind you. Those, that prison that may be of despair or depression or poverty or whatever it might be in your life. Declare your independence. But then as quickly as we declare our independence, we have to know that there is a battle that will come. The battle that comes in, in our history as a country was known as the Revolutionary War. And, and as we declare our independence, we need to be revolutionary in how we live our lives. To, to, a, a revolution has many different definitions. This is the one that I have for you today. It's a fundamental change in the way of thinking or visualizing something. It's a it's a shift of your paradigm. It's a it's a paradigm is the way we think, the way we live, and, and a revolution is to change the way you look at things. I heard um, and I've been and it and it resounded with me, but I heard someone say the other day that we are spirit beings. Maybe it was at men's breakfast. And it's how I've been feeling more and more lately that, that there's this spiritual realm around us. Everywhere we look, there's, there's something going on in the spirit realm. But then there's so many that are just completely uh, ignorant to it. They don't know that there's a battle going on over their very lives, over their b- very health in the spirit realm. And, and when I say, well, we need a revolution, we need a revolution in how we see things, our paradigm, and how we view life. We should not be viewing life by what we see with our natural eye, but we should be viewing life and how God sees it through our spiritual eye. Because when you start to see things as God sees them, it looks completely different. It, it, it looks very much you can see the things that have happened. We've had two uh, murders in this city in the last couple of weeks. We've, we've seen the tragedies in Dallas, and we've heard the, the, the concerns of the things that have gone on in Minnesota and Louisiana. And we hear about these things, and it stirs people up. But I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that there's something spiritual going on. It's very much a spiritual battle. And, and, and it's serious. And as serious as this spiritual battle is, I don't want us to take lightly who God is and, and, and our relationship with Him. We we referenced the verse yesterday at men's breakfast, and it was in uh, Romans six or eight, where it talks about disciples counting the cost. In some ways, it tells you, in, in that scripture, the way it's worded is it says, you know, you need to hate your father and hate your mother and hate your children, and, 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 and then just, well, let me go there so I don't misquote it. There it is. You got it. Luke 14. Now great crowds accompanied him. So Jesus, this is Jesus during his ministry time. As you can see, I'm not even in my message. Now, great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple." What? So here, let me. I'm not going to preach that message. Let me. Let me tell you where we're at. I I mentioned. We're just going to talk about men's breakfast yesterday. I want to encourage you in this area, and that is to become a disciple of Christ, a full-on disciple of Christ, not a wishy-washy Christian, not someone that just walks around and says, yeah, I believe I did that once in a church. No, I'm talking about being a disciple, full-on, I'm going to go after this teacher that I call Lord, authority over everything, and I'm going to be his student That's what a disciple is. I'm going to be a student of Christ. That's what a disciple of Christ is. It's being a student of Christ. I'm not going to be just a church attender. I'm not going to to just have a Bible that sits on my coffee table. In fact, um, we had some friends in town this last over the weekend. Many of you know Pam and Mike Espinoza, and they were here. Many of you got to see them. And they were telling us the story of the first time they came to church here and how embarrassed she was because her husband was so uh, insistent that they come. And when they came, everybody slept except for her. And, uh, and so she was so embarrassed, didn't want to come back. And then, but when they finally came back and my dad was pastoring at the time, saw them, he noticed their Bible. And their Bible had been very well used. And he made comment. He says, oh, you use your Bible. Because he could tell it had been read and been used. That's... That's a sign of a disciple. Having a Bible doesn't make you any more a Christian, but having it read makes you a disciple. I I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. What, What God has called us to be as a church is to be disciples of Christ. And I'm not talking about just gaining a whole lot of head knowledge. I'm talking about figuring out how to live your life in such a way that I know He is Lord of all, and I can demonstrate that in my daily living. Are we we a church that comes on Sundays only to go to the workplace and act like we've always been before? You know, you should be able to encounter God in such a way that your life changes daily. It says in the scripture, from glory to glory, He's changing us. So so we'll change over time, and then as we're changing, that should be demonstrated even in the workplace, in our homes. When when we're getting together with friends and family, they should see a a noticeable change in our lives, an increased faith. But God wants us to be his disciples to the point where he would say uh, to these great crowds, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, and wife, and children, and brothers and sisters. Some would say, well, see, I told you God's a hater. (laughs) No, No, that is absolutely not true. God, by definition, is love. And, And what God would ask you to do is look and put all that aside. You know, there's some people that won't go to church today because of their father, or their mother, or their sons, or their daughters. Because they're busy... Serving them. And someone say, "Well, it's good to serve one another, not before God. We should serve God first, and then, with the heart that God gives us, serve others. And the heart that God gives us to serve others is so much better than the heart that we have all on our own. We need a revolutionary war. To happen in this town. And what that is, is that revolutionaries rising up and saying, We're no longer going to see life the way that we've always seen it. We're going to see it through the eyes of God. We're going to be disciples of Christ. We're going to pursue all His teachings and all that He has for us, which is faith, hope, and love, amongst a plethora of other things. And we're going to change the way we see things, the way we do things, and the way we think as a community. But it has to start here, in this community. It has to start here, in this individual. I need a revolution in my own life where I see things completely different. And it's been happening. I thank God that that I'm still learning and I'm still growing and I'm still developing in Him. Has Has it stopped at times? Yeah. And I'm not happy about those times. I can tell you it's harder when you're growing in Him. But it's only hard because your flesh is being crucified. Because the truth is the Spirit's at peace. It's over. It's, there's so much joy to be found living in the Spirit. He's not telling you to hate these people. He's telling you to love Him and love Him first. And He'll bring these things to you. He'll, he'll show you how to love them the way He loves them. John Piper has a quote it says if you gladly if you live gladly to make others glad in God your life will be hard your risks will be high and your joy will be full Again if you live gladly to make others glad in God your life will be hard your risks will be high and your joy will be full That's the life of a disciple. What what's going on right now in, in, in this in this world today is is evil. And and I don't even see the faces of the people that they put up on the TV screen anymore. Because what's behind it isn't them. It's evil in the world. But when evil rises up and starts to take life and starts to dismantle society, where is the church? Where is the? Where are his disciples? Because it's at that moment in time that the church should become more relevant than it's ever been before. Because therein lies the answer. Someone wants to know what is the... What's the problem so we can have the answer? Well, the problem is good versus evil. The answer is he is Lord, and he has authority over all, and the victory has been won. But the church has to rise up and declare that and let people know that that is indeed the truth. We've read this, this verse over and over and over again. You've probably seen it in Facebook numerous times this week alone. But in 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Humble themselves from what? Humble themselves from their own life. My life is not my own. Will we'll humble themselves to the point, God, you can have it all. I just want to be yours. If they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Are we seeking his face? Are we praying? Are we on our knees till they bleed? Are we fasting? Are we in the word and seeking him? You know, I, I don't, I'm not here today to say you're a bad Christian because you don't fast and because you don't pray. But I'm telling you, desire to be a disciple. I'm not shaking my finger at you. It's not my intent today. My intent is this. Enter into the fullness of what He has for you. The fullness of what He has for you is found when you pursue Him as a disciple. Get into His Word. Be on your knees in prayer. Take a minute and and examine what has He done for you. Hit the pause button of a crazy life and say, What has He done for me? Well, He saved me. He's healed me. He's, He's taken me from... A life that was completely lost to a life that now I have eternity where I can worship Him forever and ever and ever. And great will be the joy of it. What has He done for you? In that quote I read earlier, I'd said in there, Lord, help me to be angry and to not sin. Because I'm angry at the enemy. A man was sharing with me yesterday about a a person that had died because of a a life of drunkenness, really. Well, I'm angry because there was a soul that was lost. Because the enemy had a firm grip for a very long time. I I grow frustrated because I said, well, there's an answer to this problem. And we all have it. Let me stick my notes so I quit yelling at you. If my people are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. He will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. That's a promise that when we rise up as disciples and do these things, guess what's going to happen? He will restore the land. This is not a lost country. This is not a lost city. These are not lost lives. These are lives. These, this is a city, and this is a country that can be restored to Him. Ephesians six ten, and Tasha referenced it earlier. Paul writes a final word: Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor, so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. I don't have any worries that someone's going to attack me. Because if they do and I die, guess where I go? To heaven. Where where I need to be anyhow in time. I can stand firm against all the strategies of the devil because I can stand on him. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist, to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body of armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. This is a disciple. We can be encouraged. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 says in the New Living Translation, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Because earlier it says, because power belongs to God. Romans 8.35, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Can you all stand? I don't need the band to come today. I would like you just to stay where you're at. This is the this is the part that might get different, but what I would like us to do is to move out of our seats and circle around this room and join hands with one another. You might have to move out to the outside there. Look at all these beautiful people. around. This is our family. It's a beautiful family. And I would ask that this family focus, resolve to be disciples and to do all that we can to know our Father, to pursue Him with all our being. Join with me as we pray. Dear God, I thank you for this church and this family. I thank you for allowing us to come together to be one today, to be unified in, in spirit and in truth. I thank you for your, uh, your ability to, to help us to grow in faith and, and help us to grow our, in hope and in love. Lord, I come against the things that would come in and divide us and, and try to tear us apart. I come against the things that would distract us and cause us to uh, become apathetic in the way that we live out our lives as a church. We come against that in Jesus' name. We declare independence from that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for a revolution as a church that will rise up and, and see things as you see them, not as we do. Lord, give us eyes to see as you see. Lord, we are not our own any longer. We are yours. And Lord, we want to subject ourselves completely to you. Lord, do with us as you will. Lord, I I, I love this church. You have a deeper love for this church even yet. And so for that, Lord, I thank you. Reign and rule over this place, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now one more thing, this, is the, this gets even weirder, but I just want you to turn around and face the other direction while joining hands, not while joining hands, turn around and then join hands. Yeah. I want you to just, if you would, close your eyes and just picture the city around you. Picture the community around you and the community that we are called to serve as we faced one another to uh, come against the things that would divide us. That unity and that resolve to be disciples is the unity and resolve that's needed for us to go out. To go out and reach the community that we face. To go out and preach to those that are hurting and to love on those that need to know love to demonstrate God's kindness and his heart for humanity. Let's pray. Dear God, I I thank you for this city. Lord, we declare hope, we declare peace, we declare joy, we declare victory over this city. This city is, is not one that happened by accident. It was established over time. But in it, Lord, I know that your church was also established. Not so that it could be hidden in four walls, but so it could be very present in the midst of the city. And so God, I ask you that you would raise up within us a resolve to go out and be an army of love. An army that pursues peace and joy for those that are hurting and are lacking peace and joy in their lives. Lord, help us to be a light. Help us to be salt in a community that needs to know you. Lord, we resolve now that we will leave this place to go out and not be uh, less than what you've created us to be, but to be all that you've purposed for us to be. Lord, help us to be disciples in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yes, Sunday. Help us to pursue you in all that we do. And in that pursuit, may it be evident by all that see us. May it be evident that we have a love for you and a resolve to serve you and to pursue you. May they want that as well for themselves. Lord, I pray for greater faith. Greater faith. Lord, I, I, for the word that we heard earlier, I, I desire miracles to be seen. Not in the, not in the church building as much, Lord, as, as in the community of Woodland. Yes. True miracles where healings are happening. And, and families that are, that are being torn apart are being uh, reunified once again. And that restoration becomes the word of the day. Lord, we, we look for miracles in this community. I come against any oppressive spirit, any confusion. In Jesus' name, we pray that it be gone. It has no more control over this city. No longer does it have control over our communities. Lord, as school quickly approaches, I I lift up our schools and those students that will be attending. Lord, I come against the the work and the wiles of the enemy in the the classrooms, in the schoolyards. Oh, Lord, I pray that your presence can penetrate. Where there's darkness, it will flee because of the light that shines so brightly because of churches like ours. And people that go out from their churches into the community to still be the church. We praise you and we thank you. Bless this city. Bless this land. In Jesus' name, amen.